And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, man, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the illustrious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's an amateur detective episode of Casey, crime photographer, starring Stotts Cotsworth from 1950. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from popular songs and provide a statement about each song. And my job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while you play along at home. And I stink at this game. Yeah, you're not good at this. Just really stink Maybe at you'll it. have a big epiphany tonight and you'll turn it all around. Mm-hmm. So the category of songs for tonight is songs that get stuck in your head called earworms. Right. Right. So, and I just can't yeah. get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose that song, mm, but uh, okay. maybe next time. All right. So I've got a few songs. I think they're earworms, and uh, we'll see if you can get some facts right about them. Okay. Here's the first song. All right. Just small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train and That's uh, Perry. Steve Perry. Right, it's Journey. Journey, yeah. It's called Don't Stop Believing. Right. Released in 1981. Wow. Great the song, year I right? graduated high school. 1981. 1981. Great song, right? Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. did. 81, yeah. All right. All right. So, like yeah. Okay. What's the statement? Here's the statement. This song became the anthem for the Boston Red Sox in 2007 when they won the World Series. Real or ridiculous? I'm going to say real. All right. Let's listen to the clip and see if that's real. Uh, I want to hear this, Chicago. Yeah, we want to hear Chicago, too. I want to hear Chicago all around town. You guys ready? Yeah! Just a small town girl. So uh, this became the anthem of the Chicago White Sox in 2005 when they won the World Series. So I got it wrong. You got it wrong. That's a very familiar sound, isn't it? hear it. A very familiar sound. No, I can hear it. Okay. All right. So I got it wrong. And there it is. I got it wrong. Okay. Here we go. Let's hear the second song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
know this one? Yeah. It's called Somebody That I Used to Know. I and used to is, know, yeah. I used to know, right. Written, produced, performed by Gautier. Gautier. Right. That was released in 2012. Right. Okay? Here's yeah. your statement about the song. Okay. The song won Record of the Year at the 2013 Grammy Awards. Gautier was presented with his prize by Alicia Keys. Is I'll, that real I'll or I'll just ridiculous? say real. All right. Well, let's listen to the clip and figure it out. And the Grammy goes to Gautier. I love this song. Somebody that I used to know. Right, that's Prince, not Alicia Keys, giving him the award. So the answer was ridiculous. It's a very familiar song. Yes, the the buzzer. (laughs) Yes, it is. All right, so. I'm just going to say I'm just going to say real on every one of them. Well, it's not working for you though, is it? No. Okay. But I'm just going to say real. <laughs> All right. No, you got to listen and think about it. All right. All right. Here's the next song. Okay. Like Jagger. Like Jagger. So this is Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5 with uh, Christina Aguilera. It was released in 2011. Okay. Like the song? Love it. Good. Moves Like Jagger. Ooh. (laughs) Like Jagger. (laughs) All right. Here's your statement. Okay. Adam Levine performed this song during Maroon 5's halftime of the Super Bowl show in 2019. Real. All right. Let's listen and see if he did. It's real. Hey, I got you one. You got one. Pure luck. There he is. Got the moves. The like live Jagger. version. I actually saw him do this. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's the best part is the halftime show, if you ask me. <laughs> All right. I got one. All right. There's one more to go. Let's see if you can do it. Oh, it's the Here's pressure. the last song. Poker Face. That's um, Lady Gaga. Yes, Poker Face by Lady Gaga from her album The Fame in 2008. Okay. Here's your statement. All right. Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus did an acoustic version of this song. I think it's true. All right, let's listen and see. Carry my, carry my, no, he can read my poker face. She's got to love nobody. Carry my, this carry is Leah my, Michelle and Adina no, Menzel. Adina Menzel. That's right. As uh, John Travolta called That's right. Adam. Adam and now the incomparable Adina Bada Bada I can't remember what he said, but definitely not correct. But this happens to be a gorgeous version. Um, if you listen to it, I want to roll with him. A hard pair we will be. Leah Michelle is uh, a little on Broadway right now. I'd like to see her in New York. Fun when you're with me. Russian roulette is not the same without a gun. It's good. Oh, uh, they're great. And the incomparable Adina Bada 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 I can't remember what he said. He really, he really, he really bo- messed he it up. He botched it. Look, we're still Big talking time. about it. So. Oh my gosh. I only got one. 
You got one. Mike, do I stink at this game or what? Yes. Yeah. It's just yes, I think Carl. we got to change this game because... Make it better for you. I think it should be more... I'm kind of enjoying it. I think it should be more classic radio related. Ah, right. Yeah. That, that's your niche. Yeah. <laughs> niche. All right. When we come back, it's Casey, crime photographer. Stay with us. I won't tell you that I love you. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. We've been calling people back on our breaks here when we're playing these shows. So much fun to talk to the listeners. And uh, yeah, if you want to sign up to the club or get the podcast, you can call our number and leave a message. And uh, tonight, Lisa and I are returning the calls instead of our operators that we have uh, on staff. We've given them the night off. We're calling people back at the um, 815-900-7535 number. And we're signing people up. And it's so nice to talk to our listeners. I'm going to call some more people as soon as we start this Casey Crime Photographer episode. Casey Crime Photographer. He was an amateur detective because he really wasn't a detective. He was a um, photographer who took crime scene photographs. And because he had a very keen eye... He was able to see things that maybe the police didn't pick up on. And he and his girlfriend, Annie Williams, they would solve the crimes oftentimes. In fact, they would solve them once a week. Wasn't that? uh, Right, that would make sense. Worked out just perfectly. One a week. Um, Yeah, so uh, Stotts Cotsworth played Casey. This is an episode called The Deadly Wolf. Any relation? Uh, probably, sure. We're all related. <laughs> <laughs> November 2nd, 1950, Armed Forces Broadcasters, part one of Casey, crime photographer. Good evening. This is Ken Roberts inviting you to listen to another adventure of Casey, crime photographer. Ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Our adventure for tonight, The Deadly Wolf. Mid-afternoon, the cocktail lounge of a luxurious hotel in Los Angeles. A man enters, surveys the place with casual approval, and saunters toward the bar. He's about 35, well-dressed and rather good-looking, but there's nothing distinctive about him. He's the sort of man one really doesn't remember until after one knows him too well. And as he waits for one of the busy bartenders to serve him, he hums an old tune. Hello, what'll it be for you, sir? Oh, a martini, please. Extra dry. Yes, sir. Say, I've served you before, haven't I? No, no, I checked into this hotel only this morning, and this is my first visit to the bar. I don't mean here. Maybe in Denver. I worked up there last year. No, I've never been in Denver. Reno? Salt Lake? Frisco? No, this is my first trip to the West. Yeah? I'm an Easterner myself. I worked all over the country. <laughs> I'm one of those guys with itchy travel feet. <laughs> well, I'm sure we've never met before. I've spent the past 15 years in Europe. I guess you just remind me of somebody. I imagine that's it. Uh, how's a martini? Exactly right. Call me when you want another. My name's Harry. Well, I shan't want another, so I'll pay you now. Um, Here, Harry. 
Keep the change. Say, thanks. Uh, by the way, uh, that handsome woman at the corner table over there, you know her. The uh, brunette with the big diamond rings? Yes. Her face is very familiar, and I, I'm wondering <laughs> where... <laughs> You've probably seen a picture in the papers. There's a big story about a couple of weeks ago when she got a Reno divorce plus a million-dollar settlement. She's Clarissa Mellish. Oh, of course. I used to wait on her back in Cleveland where she comes from. I worked there in 47. Mm -hmm. She and another rich lady named Dawson used to say I was the only bartender they ever met who'd make a zombie exactly uh, right. Uh, 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 Mrs. Mellish was a friend of this Mrs. Austin? They were pals. But it was Miss Austin then. Since, she's married a banker named Colt. Now, I'm acquainted with a Colton in the banking business. Let's see, his first name is... Uh, this guy's full name is Roger Colton. He the one you know? Oh, yes, yes. And his wife's first name is... Florence. Florence. She was Florence Austin. Yes, they're the people... Mrs. Mellish tells me I took a trip to Europe last year. You must have met him over there. Yes, yes, sir. Mr. and Mrs. Colton aren't here in the city now, by any chance? No, they're down in Cuba now. Havana, Mrs. Mellish says. Since uh, Mrs. Mellish is alone, I, I shouldn't be intruding if I introduced myself and inquired about my friends, the Coltons. I'll see you later, Harry. Uh, thanks again, Mr. Uh... Uh, thank you. How do you do, Mrs. Mellish? I beg your pardon? <laughs> I see you've forgotten me. Florence Austin introduced her several years ago in Cleveland. It was before she married Roger Colton. Oh, you're a friend of Florence's and Roger's? I spent a few hours with him just before I flew out here in Havana. How are they? <laughs> Florence hasn't written to me in ages. They're fine. May I sit down and order a set? I remember you had a preference for zombies. <laughs> well, do sit down. Thank you. I'm, I'm terribly embarrassed. You remember even my favorite drink, and I, I can't recall. <laughs> well, unlike you, I have a face that people soon forget. My name is Carlyle. Burton Carlyle. Burton Carlyle. Do you plan to stay here in Los Angeles for some time, Mrs. Mellish? Oh, for another month at least. Then, if you'll permit our acquaintance to ripen, I shall try hard not to let you forget me again. You look lovely this evening, Clarissa. Even more so than usual. You like this gown? Oh, it isn't the gown. Oh, the perfection of your hair. All those magnificent diamonds you're wearing. It's simply you. <laughs> Burton, you always say the right thing. I've concluded that you're an experienced wolf. <laughs> now, do I look like a, a wolf? No, which increases your danger for unprotected females. A week ago, when you came to my table in the cocktail lounge, I thought... Well, what a mild, negative, innocuous man. No wonder I don't recall having met him before. And um, now? Now I'm alone in my suite with you. I sent my maid away tonight, as you requested. <laughs> Which proves that you still think me innocuous. Hmm. Merely proves that I'm very unconventional. And that I like you. Mix us a drink, will you? Of course. You only like me, Clarissa. Last night, I told you I loved you. You did it very romantically. I almost believed you. You didn't believe me. The rich divorcee who's smart doesn't believe anything a man tells her. Especially a man who made her acquaintance with a lie. A lie? My old friend Harry the bartender has told me how you pumped him about me and Colton's. Oh. Well, I supposed he wouldn't, eventually. I had to meet you, my dear. And the bits of information I gleaned from Harry helped me toward that goal. Again, you've made the right answer. 
Burton, I wish I knew more about you. You shall. Very soon. We're really alone here. Well, of course, darling, we're alone. Good. Good. Now, what do you want to know about me? I'll hold you close as you tell me. Do you suspect I'm a fortune hunter who wants to marry you for your money? Mm, frankly, yes. But I'm very comfortable in your arms. <laughs> Clarissa, I wouldn't marry you for all the money in the world. You wouldn't marry me? Or any woman like you. Burton, Burton, you're hurting my throat. Take your hands away. I'll tell you what I am, Clarissa. Burton! I really am a wolf. A deadly wolf with fangs and claws that kill... Such nice diamonds you had, Mrs. Mellish. You won't need them anymore. Did you see the papers this morning? Certainly not. I only work on a paper, Ethelbert. I don't read them. Uh-oh. Here, have a pretzel, Casey. Don't mind if I do. Again? Well, anyways, Miss Williams, your morning express had an article in it about that fellow who's supposed to have strangled Mrs. Clarissa Mellish in Los Angeles last month. Yeah. It said he's thought to be hiding out in this town now. Is that really true? It's baloney. Confidentially, pal. Rags all over the country got such a swell spread out of that L.A. hotel murder. They're printing anything now in order to keep the story alive. Well, Burton Carlisle, or whatever his real name may be, is reported seen in a different town almost every day. Hmm. Then it kind of looks like he'll get away with the murder and robbery of Mrs. Mellish. Like he got away with his other murders and robberies of rich women. Well, it's not known for sure that Burton Carlisle has killed and robbed other women. That's just some more newspaper buildup? Not in my book. We're in the cops. Okay, so now there's no real evidence that Carlisle... During the last five years, eight other rich women have been strangled and robbed under almost identical circumstances, Annie. Crooks seldom vary their technique after a first successful but job, But successful so... techniques are often imitated. People in that Los Angeles hotel gave a description of Carlisle that disagrees with the descriptions of the men who suspected of those previous murders. Those L.A. descriptions disagree with each other. All of them do. All descriptions of this woman killer have disagreed, Annie. Carlisle apparently is one of those negative guys nobody really remembers. Hmm, I've met people like that. Some guys, gals too, but not so many gals have been coming into this joint for years, yet I always have to think who they are and where I saw them before. So our best detectives and most dangerous crooks have that elusive quality, Ethelbert, and they take full advantage of it. The descriptions of this woman killer have only one general agreement, though. He, he hums old songs occasionally. Well, millions of guys hum old songs. Why, even I... Well, you may murder the songs, but you don't murder gals. No. Cops haven't got a single decent lead to work on. Hey, Annie, come on. We gotta get out of this joint. Mm, yeah, I'll say. We're due at the Ritz Cotter in oh, 15 minutes. Hey, what are you gonna do with that swanky hostelry? Ah, uh, one of those lousy assignments. Express has an exclusive tip that the Jane Kitchener has broken her engagement to the Freddie Walsh. Uh, we're getting a confirmation or denial from Miss Kitchener before we spring the big news on our palpitating public. She's the oil heiress, ain't she? Heiress. Yeah, worth about 50 million. 
They say she usually carries a big wad of it around with her, too, for spending money. Oh, now, most of her spending's for charity, Casey. And she's not one of the cafe society glamour pussies. From what I've heard, she's a cold-boiled potato. She doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, doesn't... Uh... What? Well, prove of modern bathing suits. Well, she's a bit old-fashioned, but she's a nice little thing. Now, I've met her. I haven't met an old-fashioned girl for years. Hey, who wants to meet one? Well, you're going to. Come on, modern man. <laughs> okay. See you later this evening. Uh, so long, Ethelbert. So long. Gee, I'm glad it ain't true that that woman killer's in this town. Women is something we can't spare here. All right, Casey, crime photographer. I always love these shows. There's not a lot of them. Um, it was on the air a long time, but a lot of the shows didn't survive for whatever reason. This is a good quality one. It's an Armed Forces radio rebroadcast. Um, but I always liked it because they, a lot of times, it would even have like a little bit of a supernatural feel to them because the writer and creator was Alonzo Dean Cole, and he really um, made a name for himself creating and writing the witch's tale. So he that was a very supernatural series. So a lot of that kind of um, carried over into the Casey crime photographer stories. And um, I always enjoyed them. I always thought they had, there was like a cut above most of the other kind of detective shows. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this episode, The Deadly Wolf. Wolf. Right, my relative. Believe me, I know. That's right. Being around a wolf every (laughs) Saturday. Yeah, scary around here. (laughs) It is. Stotts Cotsworth. What a name, huh? Stotts Cotsworth, starring as Casey, November 2nd, 1950. We'll get back to it in just a few. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, this is Hollywood 360. Across a couple hundred radio stations, coast to coast, and American Forces Radio. We're actually airing quite a few American Forces or Armed Forces Radio rebroadcasts on this edition of Hollywood 360. Just worked out that way. We're listening to uh, an AFRS broadcast of Casey, crime photographer, November 2nd, 1950, The Deadly Wolf, starring Stotts Cotsworth. Here's the conclusion. report you heard is altogether correct, Miss Williams. Mr. Walsh and I have broken our engagement. Well, um, for what reason, Miss Kitchener? Well, that's a personal matter. 
I consented to give you this interview because your publisher's an old friend of my father's, but I really can't say any more. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm expecting guests. Oh, well, may I take a picture of you before we go, Miss Kitchener? All right, Mr. Casey. Oh, thank you. Will you will you stand over there by the piano, yes? Very well. Hey, Miss Kitchener, you look lovely. I haven't seen anything like that gown that you have on. Well, it must be the latest from Paris. It was 20 years ago when my mother wore it. Your mother? She wore it to a ball only a week before she died. I was just a child then, but I've never forgotten how pretty she looked. I kept the gown tonight. I put it on for the first time. Oh, tonight is a special occasion, Miss Kitchener? Uh, yes. Will you take your picture now and excuse me? Yes, yeah, sure. Oh, I'll have to answer that. I'll, I've given my servants the evening off. Hello, Jane. Oh, come in, Robert. Uh, oh, where's your mother? She phoned that she'll be slightly delayed. She'll join us here shortly. Oh. Oh, oh you, you have guests. This lady and gentleman are from the Morning Express. They're leaving right away. Miss Williams, Mr. Casey, this is Mr. Byron. Mr. Byron? Hi, right, this is a pleasure. Sit down, Robert. Now, Mr. Casey, I hope you won't think me rude. Oh, no, I no, ask... you've been very kind. Uh, good night, Miss Kitchener and Mr. Uh, Byron, Robert Byron. Good night. Night, and thanks again. Hey, you bet. Not at all. Why were those newspaper people here, Jane? To inquire about my engagement to Fred. I, I told them I'd broken it. Oh. Did you tell them why? Oh, no. They know nothing about you. Uh, Robert, you said you were bringing your mother here to meet me. I sent the servants away as you requested so that the three of us could be completely alone, but... Well, since your mother's been delayed... <laughs> You're worried about the conventions. Well, naturally. That's considered rather silly in these days. I don't consider it silly. You're very different from... from almost every other woman I've known. I'm sure I'm not at all unique. We'll go down to the lobby and wait for your mother. Oh, but she'll come directly to your suite. I'll wait here for her and you go down to the lobby. Oh, darling, that'd be ridiculous. Do you think your mother would consider it so? Well, I... You're lovely in that gown, Jane. Don't try to change the subject. My mother once had a gown like that. Be a good boy now and get out of here. Well, we must be alone or you wouldn't be so insistent. Well, of course we're alone. And I don't want to be. Alone. Robert. Robert, why do you look at me like that? We're alone. You, you frighten me, Robert. All alone. Don't come any closer. Go away. Don't touch me. Don't. Hey, hey, bellboy! Huh? Bellboy! Yes, sir? The guy who just got into that cab, where was he going from here? It's against our rules to give information concerning our guests. Oh, that guy's a murderer. I was a bartender at the L.A. hotel where he killed Mrs. Mellish. That guy is Burton Carlyle. Carlyle? Get the cops after him quick, then find out what dame he strangled here. <laughs> Carlisle got away, Captain Logan? Yeah, Miss Williams. He didn't go to Union Terminal where he'd told the driver to take him. No, he may have seen that bartender Swanson and figured he'd been recognized. He'd have think we had that guy within reaching distance of us tonight. Well, no, but how could we have suspected that the man introduced as Robert Byron was really Burton Carlisle? Nobody ever suspects that egg until too late. Oh, poor little Jane Kitchener. Why'd she have to be killed? She wasn't, but huh? Miss Kitchener wasn't even hurt. Well, the report we got... I you... know. I was brought here with a murder report, but the guy who sent it in jumped the gun. 
When the house dick learned that Carlisle had called on Miss Kitchener, they rushed up to this suite expecting to find a dead woman. The little gal was having a hysterical crying fit when they busted in, but otherwise she was okay. She was hysterical because he tried to kill her? He didn't even lay a hand on her. He didn't? He didn't. Uh, you know, this thing's kind of screwy. She says he started to reach for her, and there was an insane look in his eyes, and then suddenly he dropped his hands, mumbled an apology, and walked out. Hmm. She was hysterical because she sensed his intentions, and... <laughs> and before that, she'd fallen so hard for the guy she planned to marry him. Oh, so that's why she broke her engagement to Freddie Walsh, Casey. Yeah. Well, it seems Carlisle, uh, uh, Byron, had told her he was bringing his mother to meet her tonight. Miss Kitchener is one of those straight-laced gals, so we obviously pulled the mother gag in order to get her alone. And he didn't even hurt her. I can't figure it. Hey, can we talk to Miss Kitchener, Logan? No, not tonight. The doc gave her a shot to put her to sleep. After she was told who her boyfriend really was, the shock wasn't too good for her. Mm, I can imagine. Of course, you searched the rooms Carlisle occupied. Oh, here. sure. Did you find anything that might lead to... Yeah, nothing that looks very hot, just an old photograph. What, a photograph? I have a woman taken about 20, 25 years ago. Probably slipped out of a suitcase. Well, can we see it? Um, yeah, but there's to be no mention of it in your paper. I'm not tipping Carlisle that we have the thing. Okay, okay, it's off the record. Uh, here. She's a sweet-looking woman. Hey, the name of the photographer who took this picture is at the bottom. Timmins. And the name of the town. Uh, where... Timmins of Lakeview. Lakeview's only about 100 miles from here. I'm taking a trip up there tomorrow. Yeah, I'll go with you. Okay, but you may be wasting your time. It's my job to go. we got a hunch it won't be wasted time. And, pal, I've got another hunch. A hunch that no newspaper guy should ever get. What? That you ought to kill the entire story of what happened tonight. Kill the story? Yes, sir, all of it, Annie. Swanson's recognition of Carlyle, Jane Kitchener's escape, everything. So Carlyle will believe that Miss Kitchener never even notified the police. It's, it's, it's the biggest news, Casey. It's, it's front page. Put that bartender under wraps, Logan. Tell the hotel people and Miss Kitchener to clam up and give all papers a hush-hush order. <laughs> Casey, this is the first time I ever got that kind of advice from a news hound. I'll take it. Oh, now you should be thrown to the squirrels for this, Casey. Oh, no, Annie. The big story will be Carlisle's arrest, and we'll play for an exclusive on that. Logan, I'll be with you tomorrow when you leave for Lakeville to talk to that photographer. I took this picture, Captain, 20 years ago, I'd say. It was shortly before the subject's death. Well, the subject of this photograph is dead, Mr. Simmons? Died of pneumonia. Well, who was she? Mrs. Oswald Vinton, a very fine woman. I was a neighbor for many years, and we attended the same church. She was a pretty straight-laced woman, wasn't she, Mr. Timmons? Yes, sir. She set and maintained a high moral standard for herself and her son, Mr. Casey. She was a widow. She, uh, she had an only son? Yes, Oswald Jr., an extremely well-behaved boy. He and his mother were inseparable, and her death was a great blow to him. He was only about uh, 15 at the time. Well, you know what happened to this uh, Oswald Jr.? No. Relatives took him out west to live, and I've heard nothing from him since. Uh, why are you gentlemen interested in where did he get this picture? Oh, well, <clears throat> it was found on a dead man, Mr. Timmons. We're trying to identify him. I charcoal. Oswald would be sure to carry this photograph of his mother. It was the last she had taken. The dead man must be him. This uh, Oswald Vint was only 15 when you saw him last? Yes, about that. Yeah, well, look, can you describe him, Mr. Timmons? Well, I knew the boy so well I should be able to. Uh, uh, hmm. 
Strange. I can't bring an image of him to my mind. You can't? No. There was nothing striking about him that stays fixed in my memory. All that I can really recall is that he seemed to care nothing about anybody but his mother. Hmm. And he had a habit that was rather irritating of humming uh, sentimental old songs. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry I can't be of greater help to you. You've helped plenty, Mr. Timmons, and thanks a million. Logan, let's go. Huh? Yeah, uh, I may get in touch with you later, Mr. Timmons. Well, I'll be at your service, Captain. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye. Well, he couldn't have given us a better description, pal. Uh, what does it get us? Apparently the real name of our killer wolf is Oswald Vinton, and he had a doting mother. Mr. But... Logan, I think he developed what the psychiatrists call a, a mother complex. So what? So it finally made him go haywire and start choking gals like Clarissa Mellish. Now listen, all of the nine women strangled by this guy were direct opposites of his mother. They were unconventional, fast babes who did all the things Mama had taught her only son to despise. Yeah. Well, I think his real motive is hatred of a type. He proved that last night when he didn't hurt Jane Kitchener. Because I think she was the same type as his mother. And in that old-fashioned dress she had on, he, he, he may have seen her all of a sudden as his mother. Well, you may be right, but it doesn't help me get my hands on him. Oh, yes, it does. Oh. I think we can make him walk right into your midst by using the dear old power of the press and Jane Kitchener. Albert. Hmm? No, yes, Mercedes. Must you gaze at the sea and hum those so old songs? I am very poor company, it seems. Well, I, I beg your pardon, my dear. Darling, light me a cigarette. Surely. Shall I order another drink? Mm, no, not now. Sitting here on the beach have made me lazy. It's too much trouble to lift a glass. We'll be lazy together tonight in your apartment, alone. Yes. I have already told my servants to go out. Until tonight, every moment will seem an hour. That romantic speech is what is called shop-worn, Albert. <laughs> I'll try to do better next time. I hope you do. I do not like romance that smells of mothballs. Speaking of romance, did you see this morning's paper? No, I was in too great a hurry to meet you. Oh, then you did not read this silly story about that so rich Jane Kitchener. Jane Kitchener? Yes. Have you ever met her? Well, no. I have. She is a ridiculous little thing. What did the paper say about her? She is very Sick? Sick. Of pneumonia. Pneumonia. Brought on by a general physical breakdown. Caused, the papers say, by a broken up romance. Tell me about it. It seems she gave Freddie Walsh back his engagement ring several weeks ago because she had fallen hard for another man. Then the other man walked out. Poor old-fashioned Jane could not take it. I see. Three husbands have walked out on me. But do I look unhappy? Did the paper say where... Uh... Miss Kitchener is? She's in the hospital. The one her father endowed it is named after her mother. The Mabel Kitchener. Mercedes, will you excuse me? I must go back to my hotel. But what about our rendezvous tonight? It is cancelled, to my regret. Because, Mercedes, you're the sort of woman I love to find alone. Uh -huh. 
is Captain Logan, the man getting out of that cab. Thanks, Miss Kitchener. I'll let him come through the hospital door before I take him. Well, Casey, your cockeyed scheme worked. Yeah, we knew he'd fallen for it after that long-distance call came through to the hospital inquiring about Miss Kitchener's chances. When they told him I was desperately ill, Miss Williams, he... he came to me. No, don't think of what he's doing now, Miss Kitchener. Think of what he's done. Yes, I must. Here he comes, Logan. And here he goes. Hello, Oswald Benton. What? Let me go. You're a collector of jewelry. Here's a pair of bracelets for you. What's the meaning of this? What? Jane. Yes. You're not ill. It was a trick. Yeah. It's not the nicest way to trap a guy, Oswald, but our consciences aren't going to bother us much about it. My conscience feels swell. For now, a few gals are going to enjoy longer lives. Come on, let's take him in, boys. <laughs> Annie. This kitchen is crying. Look at that. Mm. And what has that insignificant-looking guy got that made all the femmes fall for him, huh? Mm, Casey, if um, he wasn't on his way to jail, I think I'd try to find out. Huh? Uh, we, we gals crave romance, and if we don't get it from overwhelming personalities like yours, well, there are a lot of Oswalds. Uh. Hmm. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. What do you think of my piano playing there, Lisa? Oh, you're Pretty so good, talented. Right? I mean, I just have so much musical ability, don't oh, I? Oh, yeah. Singing, dancing, playing the piano, dancing. Right. You're like a triple threat. <sighs> Man. Right? Like, uh, I'm like a five-tool player. That must be it. I'm a, yeah. I'm a tool, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's Casey Crime Photographer on Armed Forces Radio Rebroadcast called The Deadly Wolf, and I totally understand that. November 2nd, 1950, Stotts Cotsworth as Casey Crime Photographer. Hope you enjoyed that program, and um, we're going to listen to Sarah's Backstage Pass, find out what's going on in the biz of movies. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners. Tonight, I'm going to talk about a movie that is playing now in theaters, A Man Called Otto. It's rated PG-13, and it's based on the popular 2012 Swedish book, A Man Called Uva. The movie stars Tom Hanks as Otto, and he's getting Best Actor Oscar buzz. After Otto's first wife dies, he's forced to retire from his job of 40 years. Sadly, the depressed and cranky 60-year-old Otto decides to end his life, although his attempts are always interrupted by his new neighbors. A friendship is formed, and Otto is shown the brighter side of life. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Otto. Otto? O-T-T-O. I'm Abby. O-T-T-O. <laughs> Got some new neighbors. Bye. Nedward husband. I brought you some food. Okay. okay. Bye. Are you always this unfriendly? I am not unfriendly. Okay, you're not. Every word you say is like a warm cuddle. You don't have a driver's license? How old are you? Swiss director Mark Forrester, of Finding Neverland fame, brings the popular book to life with Tom Hanks in an outstanding performance. Right. You think you have to do everything on your own? Well, guess what? 
พวงแข่งไอ้ I'd say three and a half stars out of four. At times you'll be laughing out loud, and others are somber and dark. Thanks for listening in tonight. I'm Sarah Knight Adamson, your film and TV critic for Sarah's Backstage Pass. I've enjoyed bringing you entertainment news, and I'll see you next week. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. It's been fun talking to uh, quite a few of our listeners who signed up to the Classic Radio Club tonight. We got another uh, hour to go the show, and uh, so if you do want to call and sign up to the club, either Lisa or I will call you back. Just leave a message. The number is eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. Yeah, it's been really great connecting with all of you, and we feel lucky to have a chance to talk to you. It guys. is it is really great to talk to our listeners. We've had a lot of fun on the phone tonight. Yep, the number is eight one five nine hundred seven five three five. If you're interested in joining the club, and uh, you can join it on the CD program, where that's what I like. I like the CDs, but Lisa's a big digital girl. I I prefer to store everything on my computer. Yeah, that's do you? Just me. I like the CDs. Mike's the same way. I think it's just, I like to be able to hold the product in my hand, you know, I and like read the book and everything. I like to not have anything out on my shelves. I like it all digital. Yeah, but you know, the di- in the digital um, space, you get the same thing. Yep. You, you don't have the CDs, but you get a PDF of the booklet, so you yep, just click it, open everything. it, read it. It's great. All the same information. All right, so that's the number if you want to call. We'll call you back. Um In our next hour, Screen Directors Playhouse, we're going to tune into. Burt Lancaster in Rope of Sand. That is the uh, that is the broadcast, and then we also are going to play Learning the Lyrics. That's right? right. Songs that begin with the letter E. You can start thinking e. about it, Carl. Huh. Okay, that's okay. in our next hour. See you soon. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors from fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick me up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs> 